Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hi, Coulter. How are you? <coughs> Other than, you know, the, 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 the coughing. <laughs> I think Sorry, I should have had the mic off. That was a cough. I, I got my cough button, though. I figured this out over here. That's good. Can you actually mute yourself? I Try think so. It. See. See what happens. Hello, hello. No, doesn't no, work. Doesn't I got to do it like that. Now I'll just take over. No, it's okay. You here I back. was. I thought I was tactfully muting myself for mm. months. Yeah, uh, in fact, I'm not. Not so much. Um, I am doing fantastically well. I'm very Good excited. Man. We we teased it a little bit yesterday. Uh, not a little bit, a lot of bit yesterday. But I'm very very excited about this Grizz Greats podcast that we're Absolutely. releasing. It's 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 awesome, man. And like, honestly, we're gonna spend some time talking about this again today, a little later and, on the show. But yeah, go ahead. It's it's there's just there's there's just no real parallel to it in all of college basketball because of how many people are a part of it. There's guys that have coaching trees that expand over six, seven, eight, nine, ten different coaches, but none of them have all been at the same school and none of them have involved then where everybody that's coached here has gone on to brighter lights and also great success. And that's, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. Well, it's, it's pretty interesting too, because if you look at the, the Montana State men's basketball coaching tree, it's two dudes. <laughs> it's Judd Heathcote and it's Tom Izzo. Like, I mean, uh, Michigan State. Yeah. You, yeah. Said, you said Montana State. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Michigan State. Yes. It's right. And so, I mean, Michigan State, of course, one of the blue blood premier programs in the country forever right. and always. But a lot of times it's because there has been one coach. I mean, Jim Beheim, right? Mike Shashevsky, these guys, Bill Self for, you know, Illinois, but then Kansas. These guys make the programs and when they just stay in one spot it's unbelievable to have the number of coaches come through the university of montana that have come through and go on to do what they've done other places and also to do what they've done at 
the University of Montana. Again, it, remarkable, which was the impetus for the entire podcast series that we put together. So excited about that. Again, we're releasing it on Wednesday next week, so six days from now. So we'll look forward to talking about that. Speaking of, Coulter, let's talk about tonight. Some pressing uh, uh, issues, not issues, pressing pressing excitement, I guess, for the uh, Montana men's basketball team. They go to Eastern Washington. Uh, Eastern Washington was a preseason uh, favorite to win the Big Sky Conference. They return uh, a couple of outstanding players, and Jacob Davidson, Mason Peatling, and, and Kim Aiken, who really wasn't much of a factor in the first half of the year last year, like many freshmen, but as he sort of grew into his own, he was a force. And in the in the Big Sky Conference tournament last year, absolutely outstanding. And he's been very good. He's already averaging, or he, he had, excuse me, 15 points against Portland State. Davidson, 26. Mason Peeling with 20. All three of those guys are averaging, though, double figures this season. The team is averaging by far the most in the Big Sky Conference. And as I said off the top, the third most in the nation, 86, 85.9, if you want to be technical, but 86 points per game. Uh, they were somewhere in the in the 130s in terms of pace of play last year, according to Ken Palm. They're now way up. I don't know exactly where they are, but I think top 10 in the country in terms of pace of play. And one of the reasons that is, is because of Ellis Magnuson, who is their terrific freshman. There's an outstanding article at, uh, at uh, Bleacher, Report. Bleacher Report. Yeah, thank you. Uh, on... On, uh, on Magnuson, and as a freshman, what he has come in and done in terms of pace of play distribution, he leads the conference in terms of assists per game, nearly six assists per game, and has been outstanding for Eastern Washington. They're undefeated at home. They're averaging 101 points per game in Cheney. Now, granted, we know what home games in the non-conference can be in the big sky where you're you're you know scheduling some D2 some Didn't NAI they like 200 points against the NAI <laughs> they had, they, I mean Mason Peatling he scored. set the all-time big sky record right. with 56 points I think in a ga- game this year against again a, a, you know not I mean, a division 1 opponent uh, but in any case 146 to 89 yeah it's a it's a lot they were, they were playing Multnomah was an NAI school that plays Sort of similar to like Grinnell used to play, where they're trying to shoot fifty threes a game, and they're they're trading threes for twos. Well, when it's, you give when you give Mason Peatling endless layups, then he just messes around. He goes tw- and he goes twenty four of thirty for fifty four points in twenty three minutes and change. I mean, he hit twenty four shots in less than twenty four minutes of play. That's tw- crazy. Twenty three minutes he scored. I said fifty six. It's fifty four, like you said. Uh, and by the way, it's hard to give up 89 points and win by 50, right? That doesn't happen very often in, in, in any form of basketball, especially college hoops. Let's just take a, <laughs> just a quick minute to go over the, the, all the statistics of okay. this game. Okay. <laughs> Eastern Washington shot 93 times in this game and made 59 field goals. They shot 64% in a game that they shot 93 times. That's a lot of minutes. That's like almost twice as many shots as gets up in a normal college basketball game. Yes. They, <laughs> Kim Aiken in this game went 16 and 22 in 28 minutes. <laughs> he had 22 rebounds in 28 minutes. Eastern Washington had 67 rebounds. What? Yeah. Noma shot 58 threes. They shot 58 threes in one game. That's how you give up 146. Well, Amazing. So a guy from uh, Justin Martin from Noma. Had 34 points and 11 assists in a loss 
pretty nice night. I mean, statistically, these speaking. are the games that the big sky have to make illegal. That's just stupid. It's skewing every statistic. Well, it, in I the mean, league. but here's it's not. It doesn't. That's not what needs to happen. They just need to understand that this is that this is why the stats can sure. only be taken in broad strokes. Sure, but but to Eastern Washington's credit, uh, at home. Well, I mean, their home games though. Man, I'm looking at this. I mean, they played Portland Bible and scored 107. I mean. They did score 98 against North Dakota, who's solid. They scored 97 against Omaha, who's solid. and they scored, But they only scored 71 against Portland State in their one league home game. Here's the thing. In both football and basketball culture, college particularly, everybody says, well, the, 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 the bedrock statistically is points allowed if you're talking about defense, right? It's, it's, that's, oh, that's the point of the game is how many points do you give up? And then of course, how many points do you score? That's what, that's what the, but in terms of actually how good is your defense or not, it is, that is, it, it, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie, right? I mean, it, you're talking about the, the pace of play in both sports can be and has been messed with so very much. In football, it's just been accelerated, it seems like. But in basketball, you got teams going exactly the opposite directions. You got teams like Eastern that want to get up and down the floor as fast as they can. And then you got teams like Sac State that don't want to shoot until there's seven seconds or less left on a shot clock and get back and send everybody back. And they just they just muddy everything up. And there's not a there's not a uh, anything like uh, a unanimous belief about the best way to do it. It's personnel and it's coach's philosophy. That's it and that's all. And right now, Eastern Washington, they're giving up, you know, quote, you know, I don't know, the 10th or 11th most points in the Big Sky Conference, but it doesn't matter because they're playing the fastest game that there is to play in the Big Sky Conference right now. So this is going to be a higher scoring game than what Montana has been accustomed to. This is what's interesting to me, though, about this matchup. We know Montana... And Travis Secure wants to hang their hat on defense and play great defense and have that be their calling card. But they also want to get out and run. They want to score in transition. They want to move the ball up the floor and and can and do move quickly with teams. So I'm interested to see how this... I I think this is going to be a fast game tonight. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game tonight. And I think there's going to be uh, uh, not that many opportunities for just straight set defense and try and play that aggressive defensive style that Montana wants to do. The the game has played out like a Montana style of game most of the last... Let's call it five times these teams have played. So two years ago... When the Grizz were on their way to their first of two straight Big Sky Conference championships, that was the year that there was 18 league games, but everybody didn't play everybody. There wasn't the mm-hmm. two-round robin. So the only games between Montana, Idaho, and Eastern Washington were when Montana went on the road and played those two teams. And those resulted in their only two losses of that conference season. And then Montana fell behind to Bogdan Blizniak and those Eastern Washington Eagles in the first half in Reno, but then they came back and they won that championship game. Last year, Montana lost at Eastern and then got redemption in a 75-74 win at Dahlberg Arena, which was one of the most entertaining games of the first uh, of the regular season last year. Right, uh, all of, all of the everything involved in the game, the on the court action was awesome, but also the sideline action between Travis Dekir and Shante Leggins was probably the best part of the game. I mean, Shante Leggins. Sweated through his whole suit. He's waving the towel. He's trying to get a technical. He's going crazy. Travis Takir. I mean, it was it was a great 
game. It was, it was great, great coaching. It was great. It was gamesmanship. Great, co- great yes. coaching, both sides. Yes. And, you know, after the game, they both made comments about each other, like how competitive they are. These guys know each other, and they and they they've crossed paths, and, and and I think they love competing against each other. But then Montana got got the last laugh in the championship game too. But all those games have been in the seventies, sixties, or seventies. These last five matchups, which is what Montana wants. But when you look at what Eastern Washington does offensively. It's a matriculation of the last three head coaches that they've had. Ray Giacoletti liked to play a, a pretty fast-paced offense before then he went on to the University of Utah. But then Jim Hayford, who is a disciple of the Randy Bennett coaching tree, Randy Bennett most famously of St. Mary's, likes to play the spread-out style. And St. Mary's has had so much success with European, but also mainly Australian Austria, players. Yeah. Yep. Eastern Washington, especially under Hayford, cultivated that same Australian pipeline. They had mm-hmm. at 1.7 Australian guys on their team. Great players like Venky Joyce and Felix Van Off, and, and they still have a, a great Aussie in, in Jack Perry. But Eastern, the, the high-scoring nature of Eastern is not necessarily as much as they push the tempo in transition or as much as they shoot a ton of threes or they want to play fast. It's that they play decisively quick is how I would des- decide, d- describe it. They've always favored a two-post system, and that's why they've been able to play with guys like Jake Wiley and Bogdad and Blizznik at the same time. It's interesting because there's there's not many big guys in the Big Sky Conference, so if you can get two big enough guys right. to be on the floor at the same time, you're always going to have a mitch, mismatch on the block. But right? a lot of times, and we saw this with Weber State last year, we saw it with Sac State a couple years back when they had Justin Strings and Eric Stutzman, a lot of times having the two big guys the role definition is not very good, and it gets pretty clunky. And it also hinders slashing guards because somebody's always in the way. And the Grizz were so good the last couple of years because they could pin Jamarco on one block, and if he was getting denied, they could play ISO and, and guard play on the other side and get to the rim. What Eastern does is they spread the floor, but they don't mess around. It's not like Montana, where Montana likes to get the ball from one side of the floor to the other, then make a decision, back it out, run a play, very methodical. Eastern Washington likes to spread it, and if as soon as it goes to the left side of the court, the guy who's on the left goes and posts up. They play a three-man game. Whoever has the ISO at any point, if you ever feel ISO, it's your turn. And then they just they play, and they only play half the shot clock, and they get a shot up. But it's not like a rushed offense. It's not like a high pick and roll. It's just very spread, and when you get your turn, which everybody in their offense is going to get their turn, you take your turn. And then you recycle it and keep going and keep going and keep going. So they get a bunch of shots up. They get a bunch of opportunities. It's very atypical to what this, uh, right now in college basketball, college basketball has become, the expansion of the three-point line this year has has helped a little bit with the spacing. But the last couple years with the new rules that were supposed to increase scoring, but all they did was increase scoring because everybody called more fouls. Some more free throws were shot. It's become such a plodding physical game. Which, in some ways, is okay, but Eastern Washington plays a very appealing style to yeah. me. I, I enjoy watching them play. I love the fact that... Well, it doesn't like watching people run and gun, you know Exactly. What I mean? and, 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 you know, they just they get to the corner, get to the post, boom, go. Let's see. Yeah. And it's not a lot of running through the play multiple times. It's just your turn, you do it. And it, so it is very contrasting styles, but uh, as far as the point guard that Shantae Leggins brought in, this is why basketball and college basketball and coaching in college basketball, especially from the recruiting perspective, is so interesting because you never know when the coach is going to go land their dude. And if you go land their dude and that dude happens to be Damian Lillard or that dude happens to be Ahmad Rory, and he, and he, he's kind of that that player is an extension of the coach. You're going to hang some banners. Yeah, uh, the Grizz did it so well with Larry Kostoviak and Wayne Tinkle. 
because their dudes were guys like Andrew Strait and Brian Qualley and some of the, you know, Martin Broining, some of the best big men that the league has seen in the last 20 years. Yeah. And it, oftentimes it's an extension of it, but you know, it's easy to see Shante Leggins, you know, with his bald head and his antics and everything, and you forget. Shaved. Shaved head. Regardless. I mean, no. We, 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 the shaved guys want you to know they're not bald. They've made a choice, you I know? Mean, I'm. I'm going down the path rapidly, so we'll get there soon. But what I'm saying is, like, it's easy to forget because Shante Liggins has been roaming the sidelines in Eastern Washington, first as an assistant for Jim Haver for a long time, and now as the head coach. Mm-hmm. You, you think of him as a coach, you you know he's a, a smooth-talking, charismatic, funny guy, great recruiter, all that. It's easy to forget, though, that the guy was an outstanding point guard. Great I mean, player. He, I mean, yeah. he started at Cal. I mean, yeah. he, he was a great player in the Pac-12, put up great numbers, and so... The extension of him, it, you knew he was going to go find that point guard who's his dude, hand him the keys, and it seems as if they have that guy right now. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Tutel Nuwana is 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Montana State-Idaho game here in a moment. Just quickly, Coulter. How important, I don't know if you want to put it on a 1-10 to 10 scale or whatever, is this game within the regular season? I mean, look, we all know that it comes down to Boise, okay? We get that. But these two teams have, have already played for the last two years for the championship, okay? Even in a wide-open conference, these are certainly two of the top four or five teams, presumably, in the conference. And, and in the preseason stuff, they were the top two teams once again. They play tonight in Cheney. They play on February the 6th, less than a month from now, back in Missoula. And that's it. They will basically be the midway point of the conference season will be the second and final matchup between these two teams in Missoula. But tonight, 3-1 and one Montana, 2-1 and one Eastern Washington. How, how big a deal is this game? Oh, I think it's a huge deal, first of all, because... If you read the Missoulian this morning, Kendall Manuel, senior for Montana, was quoted as saying, there's no question who our rival is in the Big Sky Conference. It's Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Eastern has been a thorn in the side of, of Montana. I mean, Montana's only lost four league games in the last two years. Two of them have been to Eastern, mm-hmm. and they've also gotten a run for their money in the Big Sky Championship two years in a row. I've been down at half two times. Yeah, And it's we, we talk all the time about Weber and Montana as the premier programs in the Big Sky Conference, but Eastern is alone in third, which means that they are, at the same time, not quite on par with Montana and Weber, but better significantly than everybody else. Yeah, and I would also say, 
that over the last 10, 15 years, no question that's true. Last five? It's it's Eastern to me that has surpassed Weber in terms of what Absolutely. they've done. Not just the last two seasons, but they you know, Weber has Weber has always had the talent and they continue to have the talent. But they haven't put it together the way they were, no you know, going back a little way. So the recent history, I mean, that's why Kendall Manway, he's only been in Montana three years now. Right. And No, just two years because remember he got his waiver early last year. Oh, so he did get yeah, his waiver, yeah. So he's been here two seasons. And, and yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's just no doubt about the two best teams in the conference ultimately have been the Eagles and the Grizzlies. And so often, I, I, players don't really think about games on paper as much as people that analyze it like we do. In the mind of Eastern Washington, Montana is the two-time defending champions. Right. You want to beat the two-time defending champions. It doesn't matter if Ahmad Rory and Michael Aguine aren't suiting up for them. You want to beat them if and when you can. And So for Eastern, they can affirm themselves as the, the favorites because they were the preseason league favorites. They deserve to be, but they have... you got to prove it. you got to beat the champions yep. to beat the yeah, champions. Yeah, you do. And on the other hand, I think Montana has a chance to really prove themselves too because they're 3-1 and one right now. The one loss... To Northern Colorado, who's the only team that I would say uh, we we want to believe that Southern Utah is the top half of the league team. They have the talent to be the top half of the league team, but they're not the the solid program. I mean, if if you were to do the hierarchy, of the Big Sky, I agree with you. Eastern in the last handful of years is ahead of Weber, and Northern Colorado is probably on par with Weber. But those are the four. Yeah. And so if you're if you're Montana, this is a litmus test for you too. No, no doubt. The other thing I think that's interesting is when. When Kendall Manuel says that there's no question that Eastern's our rival, I mean, the the risk of being far too obvious, he's a player. This isn't just about, oh, these have been the best two teams. These are the two teams that met up in the championship game the last two seasons, though that's all true. It's also, when you're on the floor in a game that's an ongoing 60-minute discussion, if I can put it lightly, between two teams... When you feel the intensity night in and night out and what it is to be playing against, say, Sacramento State or, say, against Northern Arizona, and then what it's like to play a Weber State, a Montana State, an Eastern Washington, you know as a player who are the teams that, that you got to get up for and who get up for you. And you can say all day long about Montana, well, everybody gets up for the Grizzlies because they're the champions and so forth. And that's true, but not everybody gets up the same way. And on the floor... I would argue that Kendall Manuel knows good and well who the team is that wants to get after Montana maybe the most and has the most ability to do that, and that has been Eastern Washington in his time here. That's why he says something like that. I mean, and we'll wrap it on this. I mean, the, the last point is just the regional connections, not only that these schools are only three hours apart, but also that... Like Rashi Wortham, who's a former Montana assistant, was mm-hmm. also at Eastern Washington right. prior. Yep. There's all the T- Seattle-Tacoma connections. There's only three Western Washington guys on the Grizz roster right now. But the last couple of years, you got Bobby Moorhead and Ahmad Rory playing against a bunch of Eastern guys who they played against their whole lives. And, and Travis DeCure is from the state of Washington. Is, is, all, you know, is a Western Washington sure. guy, too. So there's there's a lot of regional connections as well. Um, the Lady Grizz also playing Eastern Washington tonight. They all play the same teams every night, the men and the women, uh, hosting tonight at Dahlberg Arena, 7 o'clock to tip for that game. Eastern Washington 1-2 and two in the Big Sky. The Lady Grizz 3-1. and one. Uh, Eastern Washington is 2-10 and 10 overall. 
This is a game coming off a loss that the Lady Grizz should win, but they also need to win. But if they do, they go to 4-1. They will be alone in second place and perhaps tied for first, depending on what Montana State does against Idaho tonight. Uh, but that uh, it's, it's, it's a huge game in the last home game uh, for a little while for the Lady Grizz. So get out to uh, Dahlberg Arena and check out the Lady Grizz tonight as well, 7 o'clock uh, there. We take a quick break. On the other side... Raquan Evans plays basketball for Florida State. He's from Billings Skyview. We will talk to him about his path through North Idaho College down to Tallahassee, Florida. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. We go now to the Rangus Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in Florida State basketball player and uh, former Billings Skyview product Raekwon Evans joining us. Raekwon, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing? Of course, I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, great. We're, we're certainly happy to have you. Thanks for joining us all the way. I mean, it's late over there in the Eastern time zone, so we appreciate you. I mean, not that late, but it's late enough, so we appreciate you taking the time out and doing this with us. Raycon, we've been following your story. Such an interesting one to go from Billing Skyview to North Idaho College and then going to Florida State. When you went from Skyview to NIC, what was it like for you to, to you know make that adjustment into the college game and then really start to all of a sudden get looks from all over the country um it was kind of different at first you know it's kind of every kid's dream to play college basketball so i was thankful enough to even play you know even at the juco level but being able to play there you know it really changed my life it was a huge transition you know even though it is junior college you still gotta i mean it still is a college it's still a business so you have to practice hard and work hard and kind of change your mentality and then from the transfer from there to here is just completely different a whole new world I mean, you got to work 10 times harder. You got to be focused every day. You got to get everything done. So, I mean, the transition has been good, but I mean, there's three major steps from high school to junior college and then to here. What led you to NIC originally? Because I know your dad played for the Grizz. I know you got a little bit of interest from the cast and the Grizz, but ultimately decided to go to the junior college. So, what, what made you choose that path? Um, I just thought that was the best path for me. You know, coming out of high school, I didn't really have that many offers, and I'm I know what like junior college was about, so I thought if I could perform well there, get my work done, then hopefully I could get the opportunity to go to um, the Division One level, and then I did. Your experience at NIC in Coeur d'Alene, what, what was that part like? I mean, take us through just what it was like playing in Coeur d'Alene for two years. Oh, I loved it. Um, it kind of it reminded me a lot of Billings. You know, it was only about seven hours away, but. I mean, the town, the town, the people were really good. The basketball atmosphere was great. I had a great experience there, and um, I loved everybody I got to meet. Um, you know, people around town were always nice and supportive. So it was, just, it was just a great experience. 
Rick White Evans joining us. He's a forward for the Florida State basketball program. And uh, what's it been like for you to go from Billings? You know, when you go to Billings from to Coeur d'Alene, certainly it's a change, but it's still sort of the north-northwest sort of thing going on. Florida State, a whole different deal. So what's it like to be in the ACC, to be in Tallahassee, Florida, and being a member of the basketball team there? Um, it, It's really great. You know, it's probably one of the best experiences of my life. It's different, though. You know, it's not like Montana at all but i mean the conference is great you know you play the best talent you know every night and then in practice i'm going against the best guys every day so it's just a, it's just a really great atmosphere you know it's something i've been working for all my life and to finally be like a part of it i'm just really appreciative and you know i just try to stay focused and work hard every day it seemed like you're recruiting before you actually decided on florida state I had a tipping point i mean it, you were getting some interest and then all of a sudden you're committed to utah state but then all of a sudden Washington State, Gonzaga, Oregon, Utah, all these big-time places come to the table. What changed? I mean, and navigating that whole path, that must have been fascinating and pressure-packed and, and exciting for you. So uh, what was the thing that changed that, that you think really helped you jump onto the national scene as a recruit? Um, oh, That's kind of hard. I think I just wanted, you know, um, Utah State, that was a great program. That was where I was committed to initially. But I just felt like, you know, I kind of wanted to see how far I could take my talent, so I waited it out, and then I started getting the Washington State, um, Gonzaga a little bit, you know, a couple Pac-12 schools, and then something kind of just kept telling me to wait, so I just trusted it, and then Florida State came, and I thought, you know, like, you know, that was my chance to kind of show what I can do, like, on the biggest stage, and then be able to learn from, you know, the coaching staff that we have, the players that we have, and I, I just had a feeling that I should wait, and then it worked out. Raekwon Evans joining us. He's a guard from Billings Skyview, plays basketball at Florida State University. And I got to ask you, so you mentioned the coaching staff, but Leonard Hamilton is is a legend in the coaching business. I mean, he's been at Oklahoma State, he's been at Miami, and now he's been at Florida State for, I mean, almost two decades now. What's he like? Because he seems, I mean, when I see him, when I hear him talk, I'm like, Hi, this guy is, like, is awesome. But, I mean, day in, day out, what's it like to play for Coach Hamilton? Uh, it's great. Um, yeah, I, he kind of... I think what people see on TV, um, you know, they kind of are reading him wrong. He's a complete opposite person than what people think he is because TV, he's all serious and everything. But, I mean, you know, every day just building a relationship with him. You know, he's a great guy. He jokes around a lot, but is very serious and very determined, you know, to kind of get his players where they need to go. So it's just been great. You know, I learn a lot from him every day. I learn a lot from all the other coaches as well. Raekwon, this is, this is always interesting to me. You're on a team that's top 10 in the nation right now, okay? And, and Florida State, I mean, one of the great athletic schools in the history of the United States, right? But you come from Billings, Montana. Yeah. Kids that grow up maybe, you know, in Atlanta or, you know, on the Eastern Seaboard, in Southern Cal, they're playing against all these kids all the time and they're kind of used to it. But when you're coming from Montana and North Idaho College as well, it's it's a major change to go, okay, I'm sitting here on a top 10 team in the country. Is that surreal at some level to, to, to go from Billings to Tallahassee in in that capacity? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first, you know, the first couple weeks I was here, it kind of took some adjusting to get to. You know, there was some questioning, like, dang, like, am I supposed to be here, you know? But, like, after a couple weeks, you know, kind of, like, understanding these guys, getting to talk to them, their work, like, ethics, all that. And then as I started to develop what they're developing, you know, it just kind of came 
not secondhand, but it's just kind of normal now. Like, I'm just used to it. Like, everyone's athletic, so you got to learn to play around that. And I think about it all the time, but then, um, you know, I try to stay as focused as much as possible and not really let it get to me and just have fun in this experience and just enjoy it. How much different is the game? I mean, how much different do you have to operate within the scope of a game because of that increased athleticism? Um, It's completely different. You know, there's certain players who have crazy athletic ability, so you have to know, you know, ways to score. Um, there's guys who play great defense. There's teams who have great defensive schemes. Um, you know, so it's really just being a student of the game and trying to understand the game plan every night and then trying to work from there. So it's not just kind of run-and-gun play anymore. You know, you kind of have to have a strategy to what you're doing now. Raquan Evans joining us. He's guard on Florida State's Ben's basketball team. Florida State number 10 in the nation, 14-2 and two so far this year as they've uh, just begun conference play in the ACC. Was there a moment for you, Raquan, when you got there where you go, okay, I, I know that I can do this at this level and play and be a contributor and, and, and even more than that and, 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 uh, and help this team? Yeah, um, I believe my first game I got to play, and it really started with practice. You know, like I, that's where I really gained my confidence. You know, my teammates helping me out and teaching me along the way that really gained my confidence. But when we started playing, um, you know, I kind of felt like I truly do belong here, and I just didn't doubt myself at all. And then, so the first couple games is when I really proved myself wrong and told, like showed myself that I belong here. What's the craziest environment you played in so far? Um, probably Indiana. Mm. Indiana was really packed and it was really loud, but that was probably the best experience so far. Do they like basketball in Indiana? <laughs> I thought they weren't into it. I don't know. <laughs> that's just not, that's just me. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they seem to like it. I mean, it was pretty packed in there. Well, Raekwon, that's awesome. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us. Best of luck throughout the course of the season. This, this is such a great story. We're rooting for you and for the Seminoles throughout the course of the year up here uh, back in the 406, okay? We, uh, we appreciate you being on with us, and we'll catch up with you again soon, okay? All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Raekwon Evans, junior guard for the Florida State Seminoles. That's pretty good, man. I mean... I, I mean, it's it's honestly a wild story, man. Wild. Because, because I mean, th- this this interview, just so people that are listening and watching the show right now don't think this is completely out of nowhere. He obviously has Montana ties, but I was sitting uh, having some breakfast on Saturday morning, and I flipped on Louisville versus Florida State, and they said Raquan Evans from Billings, Montana, scores, and I'm like, whoa! And I realized he had seven points in the game, and, and he he's played sparingly for this year's. He's, he's scrum. averaging ten minutes a game. So, quarter a game. But he got buckets on, like, two of the five possessions of the game that I watched. And I was like, man, this is this is sweet. And you know, I remember the kid in high school. He was an awesome athlete. Really, really, really athletic. You know, Billing Skyview had a little bit of a, a mini dynasty in Class AA there with guys like him and Kendall Manuel. And, uh, I mean, even, even Dane Mueller for a little while. And uh, Evans... I think a lot of people thought he was going to play for the Grizz because his dad, Israel, had played for the Grizz. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there was some academic questions. And I think he also, like he said, he wanted to bet on himself and see what he could do. And when he was at North Idaho College, he started getting some Mountain West interest, which a lot of times you go to junior college, you do get a little bit of an elevated profile. And I thought, man, that's cool that this kid's going to go play in the Mountain West. That's big time for a kid from Montana. And then Larry Kostowiak showed up to a, a game in Coeur d'Alene. And I think, I know Coach K's got a house on Lake Coeur d'Alene, 
So he might have just been swinging in to see what he could see while also, you know, get a little R&R. And there was a picture of those two talking after the game that got posted on Twitter. And Evan's recruitment just blew up after that. All of a sudden, then there's a picture of Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. from Georgetown in the stands at an NIC game. And NIC is a great junior college, and they've produced some high-level players. Florida State has another young man from NIC on their roster already, so it's not as if Leonard Hamilton hadn't recruited there before. Yeah. But to go from a guy that, you know, an in-state recruit that's probably going to go to the Grizz to then go to a junior college to then go to Utah State to then be getting recruited by Patrick Ewing and Larry Kristoviak and, you know, Georgia, Oregon, Washington State, Washington, Gonzaga, on down the line, yeah. and then to end up at all places you could end up. I mean, it would be a wild and awesome story if you would have ended up at Oregon or Gonzaga. That would have been big time for a kid from Montana to end mm-hmm. up at that level of a school, but it still would have been a little bit more regional and not as much of an outlier in Tallahassee, Florida, yeah, all place. I mean, that's a, that's amazing to be playing in the ACC for Montana. I, I, I wonder, like, who's the last kid to play high school basketball in Montana that played in the ACC? We've had a handful of Pac-12 guys, and yeah, even even the Edwards kid from Glacier that went and played at Gonzaga. But when's the last time there was a kid from Montana yeah. playing in the ACC? I mean, I think you might have to harken all the way back to Mike Lewis at Sentinel when he played at Duke in the 60s. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's 2 telling the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. You know, Coulter, we talk about the fact that there's a lot more football products coming out of Montana than there are basketball products. Mm-hmm. The system, first of all, we can start here. It is a numbers game. I mean, when there's 10 times the number of kids playing a, a, on a sports team, than you know, in one sport than there are on another, that whittles it down significantly in terms of the, the, who can actually just play. But also... Basketball's system of, of, quote, development to go from high school or from non-college into college and then perhaps beyond is, is, has changed drastically and is very, very, I don't know, rigid, I guess I would say, of the, of the AAU circuit of basketball and those teams that are there. And if you're on one of those teams, your exposure is by standards of recruitment and so forth, astronomic. And if you're not on those teams... It's nil or nearly nil, unless you're regional, like you were saying. And in Montana, there's just not that many kids who are playing AAU. So my question to you, just quickly to wrap this up, is this. How much is it a dearth of talent that's in the state of Montana? Because if you want to talk about actually who's gone from the state of Montana to play in, hello, the NBA, Pac-12, now ACC, and so forth, it's actually remarkable the number of kids it have, but also I think it's a matter of being seen. Like it's 100%. Well, and, and, being seen, and being seen and playing against competition that the people that are watching you believe it. Believe in. it. They trust. It's like, oh, okay, you put up 25 points what, at, at, at you know, Belgrade or whatever. It's like, oh, 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 well, what does that mean? Right? There's, there's still, especially from rural states like Montana, there's still a slight stigma going yep. to junior college. For sure. I, I truly, your question is a great one because I really think that there, you know, there's the Trace Tinkles of the world that are that are Pac-12 guys mm-hmm. from their sophomore year of high school on, but I think that the top handful of guys in Montana, and we've talked to Travis Dekir and Brian Fish about this, and I don't know if Dave Sprinkle feels the same way. Dave Sprinkle actually has five Montana guys on his roster now. Yeah, he does after adding Jesse Owens, but as Coach Dekir's always expressed to us, 
you can tell when a guy's a stud, but you don't know how he's going to react when he's playing with other studs. And when you watch him in Montana high school basketball, often he's not playing against any other studs. So watching a guy to score 25 points a game, what is that getting me? You have to go watch him in, in AAU and watch him. Where it's more like competition. For this Grizz Greats podcast, we interviewed Derek Selvig, and he talked about going to the ABCD camp in mm-hmm. Vegas, and all of a sudden he's getting recruited by West Virginia. When yeah. West Virginia was very good, just because he got seen against other players. But I think if the top handful of guys from Montana Montana were to go to a junior college like NIC and get seen, that there wouldn't be this, oh, only D- there's only a couple D1 guys in Montana and they're only good enough to play in the big sky. I do think that just proving themselves, Raekwon Evans is a great example. I think that that, that example could be replicated a, a lot. Not guys going to the ACC necessarily. Right. No, 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 no. But, sure. But kids that aren't getting recruited by hardly anybody could get recruited by schools like Utah State and Nevada. Yes. If... They were just to prove themselves in other areas. And a lot of times, so much of it is this exposure. And Trace Tinkle is a, a great example, too, because, again, he was Pac-12 all the way from when he was a sophomore on. But he also had the resources and connections to play on a regional AAU team. And also his father is the coach of a Pac-12 team, absolutely, which is absolutely. helpful. It, it, all of it helps. Yeah. Yes. But the uh, the the Spokane Sandpipers is one of the great club teams in the Northwest. John Stockton has helped coach that team forever. Yeah, but that team has recruited the best of the best from Washington, Idaho, and Montana, yeah. and they their best players are going to the best of the best: Gonzaga, Washington, all over the place because of the exposure. And I think if it's replicated on the boys' side, it would be the same. Sutel Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Good conversation. We'll leave it off there. We'll come back to it. The next, Mike Leach, leaving Washington State, going to Mississippi State. Love Leach. Love him in the SEC, not as much as I loved him being a neighbor in the Pac-12. We'll talk about it briefly next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and Secure, am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Mike Leach, leaving Mississippi State for, excuse me, leaving Washington State for Mississippi State. He was one of the rumors around Tennessee and looked like maybe he was going to go to the Volunteers last year and then didn't and then stuck around. And it did feel, I must say, at Washington State this year, like he was a a coach who had kind of maybe thought he was not going to be there and then found himself back in Pullman and then, you know, kind of tried to put it together. But wasn't all the way maybe invested the way he had been before. I don't know. Maybe it's just a team that had a high watermark 
you know, over the last couple of years and not so much this past season. But nonetheless, uh, Mike Leach, who is uh, certainly a media favorite, I think a fan favorite as well uh, for his unorthodox thoughts and expressions, uh, is now going to Starkville, Mississippi, back into the SEC, but into one of the, you know, quote-unquote have-nots of the conference at uh, Mississippi State, although Dan Mullen, you know, had some very nice seasons at Mississippi State. They were a top-25 team uh, regularly when Dan Mullen was the head coach there, so it's certainly, you know, possible. It's only something they can do. But then Lane Kiffin, also now the head coach at Ole Miss, such an odd (laughs) thing that that is, how he keeps finding places for work. But in any case... Uh, too much? I don't know. Mike it's Leach. It's so weird to me in the coaching business how so, like, if you have name brand recognition and you, someone once upon a time pinned you as a wonder kind or some sort of boy genius or some sort of any sort of innovator, you can try and fail and continue to get work for so long. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, he went to FIU, right? Yeah. Florida, Florida International or Florida Atlantic? I FAU. Think it was at Florida Atlantic. Yeah, Florida Atlantic. Who was an Ofer football program. Yeah. And they started scoring 40 points a game. I mean, they gave him, after his first year, a hello 10 year contract to yeah, be the head right. coach, which, but, of course, he's not coming close. But the point is, like, such he, a, it's such a. There's tough rebuilds, and then there's Florida Atlantic. No, no, I, like, I just go recruit Florida and you get dudes and you're, you're off and running. All, all I'm saying is that, like, it seems easy, but guess what? His predecessor couldn't do it. And he came in and did it. And I think the question has never really been about Lane Kiffin from a football standpoint, right? Like, he can do it, except for that he just seems to consistently get into his own way and the, well, okay. Anyhow, Mike Leach, on the other hand, is now going to Mississippi State. And Coulter, uh, you got to help the people out with it. Read them this this tweet. Is this even radio appropriate? I don't of even. Co- well, know. sure. I mean, okay. So this, this, is, I mean, this is this is from this is curse, courtesy. Of now Matt. you you have to have known what happened in the Egg Bowl this year okay. for it to go on. So I mean, so it, the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss scores what should have been the game. Egg Bowl is Mississippi, Mississippi State. That's what they call it. Huge okay, rivalry. big deal. Sure. Score, Ole Miss scores what should have been. The game-tying touchdown. Yes. But a player gets a personal foul for doing Pretending to be a dog. Urinating on a fire hydrant. Yes. And unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for an egregious, and some would say gross, mimicking of an act. Yes. The 15-yard penalty backs the extra point up. They miss the extra point. They lose. One of the most humiliating losses, particularly in a rivalry game that we've ever seen. So, this is courtesy of Matt Fortuna. He's a national college football reporter at The Athletic. Yep. And the tweet says, you cannot make up the state of Mississippi football right now. Old Miss lost to Mississippi State after a player mimicked peeing like a dog. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs just hired a head coach who, as the first page of the forward of his own book, reads, Forward, the importance of peeing on the dog. There you go. Mississippi. It's going off in the state of Mississippi right now. I know that I'm in the in 
incredibly extreme minority in this. Yes. I am so glad that Mike Leach is not a part of my news cycle anymore. He will be on the national stage, but Spokane's close enough to hear that I follow a lot of Spokane area media because of their connections with Eastern Washington, and I'm interested in Washington, Washington State football. The Mike Leach stick is very, very old to me, and I'm glad that he's no longer a part of my little world. You are in the exceeding minority. Yes. You, you don't have the athletics, so I'm not going to ask you. Did you read the story by chance of about like of interviewing Mike Leach's quarterbacks at Washington State? I don't know. Just replace the names, and it's Bob Stitt at Montana. The offense is not complicated. It's so simple. And the fact that he's pinned as an offensive genius, throwing for 4,500 yards and going 6-6 six and six has no appeal to me. They went 11-2, and two, Coulter. Not this year. Not this year, last year. What have you done for me lately? What have they done before he got there? But in any case, I don't even care. Go six and six. Just make me happy behind the mic. See, I'm the complete opposite. You're wrong. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.